Don't fucking move. Keep your hands away from the bags. Are you sick? No. We aren't sick. Have you come in contact with anyone sick? We shot a handful in the town, a couple miles from here. That's it. Did they touch you? No one touched us. Let us just be on our way now. We're trying to make it to Richmond, about 12 miles from here. That's where we're headed. Well, let's stick together then. We'll go together as a group, you know, help each other out. We're good shots. Stay fucking still. We'll carry your weapons. Take your bags, walk ahead of us, stay 15 feet away. The teen searches the bags and grabs all their weapons. She hands them to the older woman and she stuffs them in her bag and throws the rifles over her shoulder. We're harmless. We're not the enemy. The pair leave the pier and stand next to it. The woman waves her gun away from the pier. Let's go. Slowly. And don't think about trying anything. We're traveling right now? We can't see shit out here. We can handle whatever comes our way. The moonlight is enough. John and Sarah slowly exit the pier, walking past them. They get around 15 feet in front of them, then the other two follow. You know where you're going? Yeah, West. What are your names? Sarah. John. Her father. I'm Tessa. This is my daughter, Olivia. John turns his head around. Don't fucking try anything. Turn around or you'll have a bullet coming. Just getting a look is all. He turns back around. I've done some stupid shit, but I'm no moron. The group walks through the never-ending woods. It seems like nothing is within reach. They hear leaves rustling in the distance. The group stops. Tessa and Olivia raise their weapons in the direction the sound came from. John and Sarah stand still, weaponless. Don't move. Let whatever it is come to us. We need a weapon or something to protect ourselves. A fucking stick. Just give us something. We can handle them if they come this way. The rustling grows closer, as if something is picking up speed. Multiple things. Screaming. A group of four sick rush toward John and Sarah. They begin to jolt away from the sick. Tessa and Olivia open fire, taking down all but one, which rammed into Sarah, sending her to the ground. Her sleeve is pulled up in the process. John pushes the one sick away from Sarah, allowing Tessa the perfect shot to eliminate it. Tessa and Olivia walk over to the pair. Olivia notices Sarah's arm as she tries to hide it from everyone. She finally quickly pulls her sleeve down. Are you hurt? I'm fine. Don't worry about it. What's wrong with your arm? It's just a bruise. Got it caught in a door a couple days ago. Olivia finally looks away from Sarah. She and Tessa holster their weapons. Told you we can handle whatever comes our way. Now let's keep moving. Barely. We'll see how fast my trigger finger is next time. John and Sarah walk ahead, and the other pair follows. The road leads the group to a small gas station. Dirty, wrapped in vines, and empty. Hey, we'll rest here for a while. You two find a spot under the awning. John and Sarah find a spot and sit against a wall, side by side. Don't like resting at night? I don't trust the night. What happens in the dark around here is far worse than anything that happens in the daylight. We try not to. Everything we've come across has been in the daylight. Well, we must be fighting two different evils then. Tessa looks to Olivia and touches her arm. You rest first, hon, and I'll keep watch. Our shift's okay? Okay, but just one hour. Don't let me sleep any extra. She rolls her sleeping bag out and lies down. Tessa grabs John and Sarah's sleeping bags and tosses them their way. Should probably get some rest before we start again. We leave in two hours. Understood. Thanks. They roll their bags out next to each other. Tessa stands guard. Tessa bends over and taps Olivia on the shoulder. She rubs her eyes and slowly gets up to switch places with her. Olivia rubs her mom's arm after her hour shift. Hey, Mom. It's been an hour. 
Ah, fuck. Get them up. She walks over to the sleeping pair and taps them both with the stock of her rifle. Time to go. They take a second to adjust their eyes, then get up and roll up their sleeping bags. John walks the bags over to Olivia and Tessa. Here you go. You guys go ahead. We're right behind you. John nods to the agreement. He walks to Sarah and they begin their journey toward the town. Tessa and Olivia follow. They continue their journey, the home stretch. John peeks behind him as he raises a question. So how long are we going to be your bait? As long as you two are alive, or until we get there, whatever comes first. He looks straight ahead. We don't have much longer. Maybe we'll get lucky. Sarah looks down at her hand, noticing a clear substance dripping to the ground through her sleeve. John sees her notice it. What the fuck is that, Sarah? Let me see your arm. No, no, it's it's fine. It's nothing. He stops her and tries to grab the sleeve. She pulls her arm back. Tessa and Olivia draw their weapons. What the fuck is going on? Keep moving. Dad, stop. He finally grabs a hold of the sleeve and pulls it up, revealing her deeply infected arm. It has spread near her shoulder. Substance oozes from it and it begins turning light purple in color. Tessa notices her arm and cocks her gun. John, I'm sorry. She aims towards Sarah, but John moves in the line of sight. Hold on, goddammit. He examines her arm without touching it. He looks back at Tessa and Olivia. Look, it hasn't spread past her shoulder. I can remove it. He looks at Sarah. It has to come off. What? No, 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 no. It's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's gonna be fine. It's okay. It's okay. Look, it's gonna spread through the rest of your body, and you'll turn into one of them. Is that what you want? He turns to Tessa. But give me your knife. Right now. I can't do that. She'll be okay. Think of what you would do for her. Would you let her turn into one of those fucking things? She sighs and pulls out her knife from the holster and hands it to John. He grabs a nearby stick and hands it to Sarah. Here, baby, bite down on this. Olivia, roll out a sleeping bag right here. Tessa, I need you to hold her tight. Do not let her move no matter how hard she struggles. Honey, you gotta look away. I promise you'll be okay, all right? You just need to look away. You'll be all right. She's going to faint. I need bandages and a wrap. Be ready to give her water when she comes to. Olivia digs out bandages from her bag and kneels next to Sarah. She grabs her hand and holds it tight. She looks at the grasp in pain. John begins cutting at the shoulder line of Sarah's arm. Sarah bites down on the bark and screams, helpless. Tessa looks away. Jesus fucking Christ. John keeps cutting. It's getting tougher and tougher. Sarah faints and her head falls backward. Olivia quickly lets go of her hand and holds her head up. John finally finishes the cut and tosses the arm away. He bandages the wound. After washing his hands, he checks her pulse. She needs to rest for a little while. We need to stay put until she wakes. Okay, take whatever time you need. Just tend to her. Tessa and Olivia roll out their sleeping bags. They grab John's and set it next to him. They sit, shaken up from what just occurred. Eventually, they lie down. John situates his bag next to Sarah's and lies down, gripping her other hand. John lies fast asleep. A pregnant Natalie walks into the bedroom and sits up against the headboard and plays with his hair. He sighs and stretches, finally waking up. (sighs) What time is it? Almost ten. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I know it was a late night. I'll be ready in 20. Um, today's crib day, right? Yep. And some breakfast at that diner by the lake. Freddy's? Freddy's! I'll never remember the name of that place. Well, you don't need to. He leans over and kisses her forehead. She gives him an extra one and watches as he walks to the bathroom. Tessa and Olivia sit put while John and Sarah continue to rest. He still grasps her hand. 
Should we go? Yeah, we should. But we can't leave them here by themselves. Not after all that. I think we can let our guard down a little. They seem to be good people. We hardly know them, Olivia. We just met them. We haven't come across anyone like them out here. They can help us. Just trust me on this. You know I don't do that well. Not a lot of options anymore, though. We should take all the help we can get while we can. She rubs the top of her head. You're a lot better than me, kid. Sarah comes, too. John holds her as Olivia notices. She gets water and food for her. She carefully touches the wound, realizing it's gone. You need to drink water. Eat this. Olivia hands the water and food over. Tessa watches from her sleeping bag. Sarah sits up, a little too quickly. She rubs her forehead. You're okay. We need to go soon. We've overslept. Okay. Sarah slowly gets up with John's support. I'm fine. She's right. We need to go. John, Olivia, and Tessa quickly pack up their things. Sarah gets her dice from her pocket and twirls them in the palm of her hand, temporarily keeping calm. Tessa hands John's weapons back to him. You're going to need those now. For her. The submission shocks him. You can trust us. I don't know if I could have done what you just did for your kid. You've got a lot more heart and guts than I have. She walks to Olivia. Ready, honey? I'm proud of you. Well, if they decide to pick us off, it's on you. We need to knock most of this walk out today. With the light, we can set up a half mile outside of town. All right. Olivia, take the front with Sarah. I'll stay back and watch with John. They begin the rest of their journey to the town. The group decided to follow the road instead of pacing through the woods this time. Olivia and Sarah lead, with Tessa and John following. You guys travel far to get out here? Right outside Charlotte. We were living in D.C. for about ten years. I was a journalist, actually. Hmm. You don't seem like the writer type. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, it's not the first time I've heard that. I loved writing and reading stories ever since I was a young kid. Just made sense to try to make a career out of it, I guess. What'd you leave behind? I own my own boutique store, and my husband was an accountant. What happened to him? We were hiding in a small house outside of town. When he left to find supplies, he never came back. We found him tore up from, I don't, whatever the fuck those are. That, uh, that must have been hard for your daughter. Yeah, it was, for both of us. She's been all right as of late, but... I just, I think she's good at hiding how she's feeling. I suppose she got that from me. Yeah, she's the same way. We lost her mother and little sister. I was uh, getting word that something was coming, and so we stocked up. Like everyone else was doing. They didn't make it to the basement in time when the bombs dropped. There wasn't much left of them or anything else for that matter. We both lost a lot. Everyone we've come across has been sick or just scavengers trying to take us out for our shit. We always have to keep our guard up. Hey, I'm sorry we treated you two that way. It's just the way it has to be now. Look, it's not necessary. We would have done the same. It's hard to tell who you can trust out here these days. Yeah, but after being around you both and what you did for her, I can tell you're good people. They slightly smile at each other.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The group eats while they walk down the lone road, not wasting any time. In the distance, a teenage girl watches the groups, swiftly jetting from tree to tree, always staying out of sight. Once she's close enough to the road, she calls out from behind a nearby tree. Please, don't shoot! I need your help. The whole group pauses and draws their weapons in the direction of the plea. Okay, then show yourself. Right now. The girl slowly reveals herself, holding her arms high in the air one tightly clutching a dead rabbit. Please don't shoot. My name is Sophia. I left my dad and brother behind about a mile back to find food, and when I got back, those things were walking around our house. I can't get back inside. They all slightly lower their weapons. Sarah approaches. Sarah, come back over here. Just hold on. How many? Where's your house? It's in that direction, about a mile. When I saw them, I ran to the closest main road I could think of. There were, I don't know, six or seven? You have to help us, please. You can have this. I I just caught it. Hey, we don't have time for a detour. We're trying to get somewhere. Please, sir. I can't deal with them on my own. Olivia approaches Sarah and Sophia. We can help you. She said it's only a mile away. It won't take long. She probably only has a knife. Yeah, okay. John, it'll be quick. Lead us to the house. (sighs) Thank you. This way. Why are you out here all by yourself? Didn't you say you have a brother waiting for you? Yes, but he's weak. So is Dad. We haven't had much food in the last couple of weeks. That's real dangerous, though. I know. But I'm really quick. I can catch most things, and I don't need much help to keep me going. Your dad and brother, they aren't sick, are they? No, they aren't sick like that. I promise. Just hungry is all. That's sweet what you do for them. It takes a lot of courage in a world like this. The house is in the short distance. As the group approaches, they slow down, listening for the sounds of the sick. They begin to hear banging, like someone beating on a wooden door. After that comes the screeching sounds. They appear on the side of the house. A scrawny father and son sit in the corner of a room, close together, trying not to panic. They don't have much to protect themselves, just a lone pistol, which the son clutches. John and Tessa clutch their guns, aiming toward the house. Sarah and Olivia stand next to Sophia. That's them, over there. They're still trying to get into the house. You three stay back here. Don't approach unless we call out for you. Okay. Love you, Mom. Love you, baby. We'll be fine. The sick continue to wander around the house seeking a way in to feast. John and Tessa creep close enough to get clear shots. 
As they get within striking distance, John's foot nudges a nearly invisible rope tied along the roots of two nearby trees, which triggers a makeshift noise alarm. John looks down to see the rope, then back up to see the alarmed sick jolting toward them. He and Tessa open fire, taking all of the sick down just before they are able to swat at them. They lower their weapons and turn toward the three kids who stayed back. Sophia jolts toward the front door. You know, a little warning about the trap would have been helpful. I am sorry. I just made it. At least it works. Yeah, it works all right. As Sophia embraces her family, the group enters. The son quickly stands up with his pistol. Sophia stops him. No! They helped me. I wouldn't have gotten back inside if I didn't find them on the road. She begins to hand John the rabbit. He shakes his head and holds his hand out. No, you hold on to that. We'll get by without it. Thank you. The father tries to stand to greet the group, but struggles and slowly sits back in place. Thank you for what you did for our family and our little Sophia. You're welcome. Least we could do. Good luck to your family. The family nods. John and Tessa exit the house, but Sarah and Olivia are slow to do the same. They look at each other and unzip their backpacks. After digging for a second, they each hand a can of food to Sophia. Hope this helps, at least a little bit. Thank you. Sophia hugs both of them, tightly. They smile and exit the house. The group continues their journey. So, how's your arm holding up? Well, I can't really hold anything with it anymore. You know, that would have made a great story about my dad. He could have written about it. Journalist father successfully amputates daughter's arm in efforts to save her. (laughs) At least you have a sense of humor about it. What are you twirling in your hand? Um, just some dice. I like twirling and rolling them. You never really know what you're going to get. Sounds familiar. A lot like this, huh? Yeah, I guess it's a lot like this. I I thought your mom was going to take me out back there. If it wasn't for your dad, she probably would have. We've seen what those things can do to people. Is that what happened to your dad? Yeah, he went out to gather supplies for us. We found them two days later. My mom and I have made it through all right, though. Well, she seems like a, a damn tough woman. The toughest I know. We don't have an option to be anything less. Sarah's arm lies on the side of the road in a pile of leaves. The same group of sick who have been tracking the families slowly approach it, then rip it to shreds, consuming it. The pack has grown. A few sick have joined the group's efforts as they continue to pursue the hopeful. The families continue their journey. A large structure appears in the distance. They've almost made it. Tessa points ahead. See that? Well, that's got to be it. We should set up here for the night. They find a stopping point and set up camp. Olivia and Sarah prepare dinner while John and Tessa get the beds ready. The adults eat separately from the kids. What'd you want to be if things were different? I I always dreamed of being a teacher. Dad told me when I was younger, I always asked when I was getting a sibling, so that way I could teach them what I knew. Which, in reality, wasn't very much. (laughs) Did you get to with your little sister? Um... You know, not as much as I wanted. She was still too young. Only small words, really. You know things will be different again. We'll have to rebuild. One thing that'll be crucial are teachers. You know, I never thought about it like that. Well, what about you? What, what did you want to be? 
I liked a lot of things, but I think I wanted to be an animator for movies. All I did after school was draw and watch cartoons. You know, that's one thing I really miss. Me too. I could really go for one right now. Tessa sleeps. John watches the kids from his sleeping bag. They finally lie down, and he smiles and does the same. Finally, they all sleep. It's quiet around. Nothing to fear tonight, it seems. John frantically types on his laptop. Anna sleeps in her crib. Young Sarah plays in the jungle gym in the backyard. Natalie folds clothes fresh out of the dryer, watching Sarah play through the window. John's phone rings. What is it? I think we're about to get a breakthrough with those structures any fucking minute now with the source that I have. John, it's here. Drop the story and everything. Get your family somewhere safe. You live in one of those pre-war houses, don't you? Go to the basement with them right now. Vanessa, what are you talking about? It can't already be- Gets it! John hears the explosion through the phone, and it's close enough to the house to hear outside. He no longer hears Vanessa on the other side, just the sound of a dropped line. Vanessa? Vanessa! Natalie runs in from the kitchen. Sarah runs inside. John, what the fuck was that? Daddy? John looks out the window, revealing fire, smoke, and a yellow-tinted gas. Neighbors panicking. Sarah, we have to go. Oh my god. Natalie rushes to Anna's crib. It's nothing, honey. We just need to hide for a while, okay? John and Sarah rush to the basement, opening the big steel doors. He signals Sarah to go in. He waits for the rest of his family at the doors. He hears Natalie from the house. I have Anna! We're coming! This one hits the house. John closes the doors and rushes to Sarah, holding her tight, keeping her safe from the terror. She cries, unsure if her mom and baby sister were okay. The explosions continue to rock the outside world. John wakes up from the nightmare, out of breath. He looks around to see everyone sleeping. As he stands up, the others hear him, waking them up, too. They eat a few snacks and start packing. They don't talk to each other this morning. They're more quiet than usual as they wait to enter the structure. The group throws their bags over their shoulders with their weapons in hand. Tessa looks at everyone. Let's go find us a home. The Day Everything Changed Created and written by Lane Fortenberry Narrated by Jessica Packard Sarah, voiced by Jasmine Anderson John, voiced by Joseph Paz Tessa, voiced by Jillian Belrose Olivia, voiced by Eva Degal Alicia, voiced by Alyssa Hall Natalie and Anne, voiced by Allison Stanford Sophia, voiced by Lucia McMahon Scavenger 1, Man 1, and Guard, voiced by Danielle Kahn. Young Sarah, voiced by Marissa Nicole. Leah, Vanessa, and Doctor, voiced by Channing Miller. Scavenger 2, and Father, voiced by Chris Alello. Music, by Caleb Broussard and Michael Gay. <laughs>